Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey traders, welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, my name is Akil Stokes. I am a professional trader as well as a trading coach over at tier1trading.com. Super excited about today's podcast because I get to talk about two of my favorite subjects, one being sports and the other being trading, of course. What we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about analytics and the trend that's happening in sports with digging through the numbers and relate that to digging in the numbers in your trading or in your backtesting. It's going to be a heck of an episode, but before we get started, do me a favor, hit that like button, please share this, and if you're new, make sure you go back and watch at least three episodes after the fact. All right, traders, welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Super excited about this one. If you know anything about me, there are two things I love in this life. Well, three things. Family, the wife is first, right? Happy wife, happy life. But aside from the wife and kid, right? Two things that I love. I love trading. I love sports. So whenever I get to do a sports-related trading coach podcast, I just get super excited about it. Super excited. I saved that at the beginning as well um, and hope my wife didn't hear. Uh, if you do, I love you, baby. Um, but before we get into that, I want to do a little bit of house cleaning. Um, starting off by just saying thank you. I released an episode today and I was going through my morning routine of my pre-market analysis in the market. I was able to get the episode up on uh, YouTube, right? So the, the YouTube version of it. And then I went to eat breakfast and watch TV and all the stuff that I do before my live trading room starts. And I came back about 10, 15 minutes before my live trading room. And I already saw a bunch of comments underneath the podcast episode. And, and usually it takes a while for people to, to find it, uh, uh, listen to it and respond. But right away, there had to be about 10 comments underneath the, the episode saying, hey, Akil, I love it. Thanks for the motivation. I needed this. And I'm like, this is awesome. And uh, I just love it when you guys do that. Uh, unlike maybe some other channels out there or other people, I do read and try to respond to each and every response. It does mean a lot to me. That is the fuel that allows me to keep producing these episodes. And it, it gives me this excitement because I know you guys are getting something out of it. So just want to say thank you. And I need you to take it one step further. Don't get me wrong. I love the comments. I love them but I need you to take it one step further. I need you to make sure that you share the show as well. So wherever you're listening to it, whether it's a podcast app, whether it's the internet, whether it's the, the tier one trading site, just take a second, make sure you hit that share button. Uh, that way we can reach as many people as possible, pay it forward. You never know when someone else is gonna stumble across something that you share and it's gonna have a lasting impact on their life. So love it, keep it up, do more. Secondly, before we get into it, um, just to clear up a little bit of confusion, we're, we're, I know we're currently doing this open enrollment deal uh, for the trading courses that we run, and there's been a little misconfusion about the lifetime discount, right? People are asking, how can I sign up for a lifetime membership? We do not offer a lifetime membership. I would, uh, membership. I would love it if we did. 
Um, I don't know how we would calculate the price on that, but it would be awesome, but it's not something that we offer. What we meant was is the discount that you get when you sign up for this deal, remember this deal ends April 30th, when you sign up for this deal, it's for a lifetime, meaning that we're not going to go back and charge you more the next month, right? When we left the other company and decided to open up tier one trading, um, we decided to do a, a different strategy with the pricing. We, we chose a ridiculously cheap price um, that honestly speaking, we weren't sure if it was actually gonna be profitable or not. And we're still kind of trying to figuring, <laughs> trying to figure that out right now. Um, but we had a lot of traders, a lot of loyal traders that were with us from the other company. And we just wanted to kind of say thank you and, and offer something as cheap as possible. That way they can stay involved, um, even though they may have still had a commitment to the other, other company that we were with. So we decided to do a, a dirt cheap price, again, without knowing if it was going to make profit or not. So there may come a time in the future where we up the membership fee. And if that happens, you guys won't be affected. So that lifetime guarantee means that as long as you're a member, you're, you're locked into the price that you sign up with. You won't be charged more, even if we start charging others more. So now that I got that out the way, let's talk about today's podcasting episode. And it comes from a viewer, right? A listener, a subscriber. And he shot me a message this morning and, I, and it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, as you can tell, it inspired a podcast. But he said, Akil... I'm continuing to work on my trading mindset, and I thought of this analogy. And to give you some background information, the trading mindset that we're going to talk about is the mindset of process over outcome, meaning that the focus of trading, and you can do this in many other aspects of life as well, but the focus of trading isn't about making money, right? The, and it's weird because that's the goal. I, 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 think, I don't think any of us sign up to become traders because we want to lose money, unless you're some weird, sick individual that is a, a glutton for punishment. Um, I don't think anyone wants to lose money. The end game is, of course, making money. But at the same time, if our focus is solely on profit, right, making money, we're going to be blinded. We're going to be uh, more tempted to give into emotions. And ultimately, we're going to sabotage our trading. So what we work with our traders on is kind of shifting what's important, right? Shifting pain and pleasure, right? Following up on that, that podcast episode, shifting pain and pleasure, not from uh, pleasure equals making money and pain equals losing money, but to making it a process-related goal. So pleasure equals following the plan, Pain equals sabotaging or deviating from the plan. And with that being said, under the, the bigger mindset, the long-term goal that if you follow the plan, if you follow the process, money will come as a result. And I think that's a problem that we have in society a lot. We, we're, we're, we're in an instant gratification world. It's getting worse and worse and worse with, with social media and the instant like, the instant share, um, all that fun stuff, right? We want to see results right away. If we don't see results right away, we think we're a failure. But in the trading world, in the business world in general, as an entrepreneur, right, you have to think long term. You have to think that as soon as I start, I'm going to go through this period of the grind. And the grind is this place where most people will fail, right? Success is a very exclusive club. And most people don't make it past the velvet rope. And that grinding period, it could be months, it could be years, you know, it's different for everyone. That grinding period, 
is where you're laying the, the framework, you're laying the foundation for the future of your business. And it's not about making as much money as you can in the first month or the first year. It's about doing things the right way in hopes that this investment that you're making is going to pay off. I saw this uh, this quote the other day by, by Gary V. I wish I had it in front of me, but you guys know these podcasts aren't planned. I just turned the microphone on and I rant. Um, but it was this, it was this, um, it was this post on Instagram, I believe, where it's talking about everyone wants to, everyone likes what I say about success, um, but no one sees or no one talks about what it takes to earn that success. No one, everyone sees the the end goal of the rags and the riches and the fame, but no one sees the part where you're dragging yourself through the dirt to get there, and, and that's very important. So the process is key, and if you focus on the process as your short-term goal, the monetary outcome that you desire will be there in the long run. So the trader was talking about that when he said I was working on my, my mindset and he wrote me this letter or shared with me this letter that I'm guessing is, it was on a notepad, I'm guessing it's in his trading plan. And the title is Getting Rid of Greed by Detaching Myself from Money, right? So removing that, that emotional feeling of making and losing money, which we are very, very, very attached to, right? Money, religion, family, probably the, the, the three things that are most important to us, politics to some of you guys, right? Um, again, getting away from the outcome as far as money and, and focusing on the process. And he says, a good way to remove myself from the thoughts of money is to understand that trading is not directly related to money. What? <laughs> right? Many of you new traders are like, what? How is trading not related to money? Right? I, I put money in and I hope to get money out. That doesn't make any sense. What a trader goes on to say, he says, you don't make money until you have gone through your strategy long term and deposited the money into your bank account. The point of making a trade is to execute your strategy properly. Money is not a part of it. Just like a professional soccer player doesn't shoot the ball into the net just to make money. He knows he will make money in the long term. And again, it's, 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 uh, we'll, we'll get to a sports analogy later. I'll talk about uh, the Houston Rockets and how they're playing money ball and how it's, it perfectly relates to what we're doing in trading. But to sum it up, what this trader was saying is that focus on the process, right? Focus on doing things the right way. Focus on taking the shot you're supposed to shot. Don't try to score every time, but put the ball, for, if we're doing a soccer reference, put the ball where you're supposed to put it. And if you consistently do it, right, if you consistently execute the plan, execute the play that your, coaching, your coaches give you, you will eventually get the desired outcome. And he said, he said below this in a message to him, he says, I think it's important to detach the trade itself from money. It's easy to get caught up in how much money you are potentially making. So a good analogy is to think of how other people make money. A carpenter doesn't hammer every nail into wood to make money. He does it to get the job done. And later, right, as a result of getting the job done, he will make money. I think it is easy to forget this in trading because you are working directly with money. So think of making a trade as just doing it to execute your strategy. That's your job and that's your only job. I found this really helpful. I just thought I'd let you know in case you wanted to share it with other traders. And guess what? Tristan, I am sharing it because I agree 100% with you. And it made me 
think of a sports team, right? We're in, we're in playoff mode right now in the NBA. I, this is one of the most exciting periods of the year, right? I'm a baseball guy. I don't really enjoy watching baseball. And baseball is a very long season. Football is over. This is NBA playoff time. This is, I, I love it. I love it. And one of the best teams in the league is the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets have taken an approach that is completely different, um, or at least at the time when they started it, it was completely different than what every other team was doing, right? Every other team went right. They decided to go left, right? They had a GM who was an analytics guy. He's not a, he's not a basketball guy. He didn't play basketball. He is a numbers guy, right? He collects stats. He digs through data and he comes up with solutions, right? Sound familiar? <clears throat> Back testing, anybody? Digging stats, mining through data, coming up with solutions. And, uh, Funny story, this is also the guy, I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan, who we just won our first playoff series yesterday, happy about that, and they've been ridiculed because they've gone through something called the process where basically they got very, 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 very bad on purpose in order to get very, 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 very good, and this is the first year where it's finally working out. Unfortunately, the GM that came up with that plan of blatantly being bad got fired last year, so he doesn't really get any of the credit, but he comes from the Houston Rockets umbrella as these, these statisticians, right? These stat guys, numbers, 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 trust that process. And the Rockets are doing something called Moneyball and, uh, and a little bit different than the Moneyball for you guys familiar with the old Oakland Athletics, but same thing, stats and, and, and following that. Um, but let me read you a short paragraph about this Moneyball. And he says, the key to success in the Rockets are three-pointers. And for you guys that are completely unfamiliar with the NBA basketball, they're basically two types of shots. Um, there are two pointers. There are three pointers. Three pointers are further away from the back basket, which mean they are harder to make. Um, but obviously they are worth more than a two point shot, which is easier to make. Moneyball has underpinned the Rockets stunning start to the 2017-2018 season in which they have the best win loss record of any NBA team. And in it, is a window into how the sports data revolution is not just changing how sports teams prepare and train, but also the essence of how sports are played. In basketball, the emblem of this shift is one of the most thrilling sights on the court. The audacious three-point attempt, successful shots from further away from the rim, beyond the three-point line earns three points, while those inside the three-point line earn two. Three-point attempts are beloved by analysts because they are seen as the most efficient way to score points. They are riskier than normal two-point shots, and they fail much more often, but the overall average return, keyword, the overall average return is higher because the payoff is 50% greater, right? For you guys that are familiar with the expectancy model, you guys that are gone through backtesting, right? That's the expectancy model. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, this season, Maury's Rockets, Maury's the, the general manager, so the, the, the stat nerd guy I told you about. This season, Maury's Rockets are attempting three-pointers at a higher rate than any team in history, breaking their own record that they set last year. They are not just playing a better game to anyone else, they are playing a radically different game. 51% of their shots are three-point attempts, 
it is under 40% for all other sides. So every other, they're 50, more than half of their shots are three-pointers, while everyone else in the NBA only, uh, you know, under 40% is what they do from three, or what they attempt from three. It is an extreme example of a sport transformed by analytics and a three-point attempt. Since 2000, uh, the year 2000, the number of three-point attempts per game in the league has more than doubled from 13.7 to 28.8 with the Golden State Warriors, the Silicon Valley run super team, also embracing the three as a stable. So basically, the culture is changing to this numbers game. And this is exactly what we want to do in our back testing, right? So many traders, and I I remember doing a podcast called Who Gives a Whoop About Your Win Percentage? So many traders are concerned about the win percentage. I don't know if it's a feel-good thing. I don't know if it's something they've been told before. Maybe it's an ego thing. But they have this misconception that you have to win more than you lose to be successful. Now, don't get me wrong. Psychologically, there is a benefit to winning more than you lose, right? You, we typically feel better when we win. We feel worse when we lose. The more you win, the less likely you are of making a psychological mistake, even though you can, you can make psychological mistakes by greed and, and thinking you win too much. Um, but overall, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be less painful and, and it's going to be much more easier to do your job when you have a system that wins more than it loses. But the key is, you don't have to. Win percentage isn't the number one goal. It is expectancy. And your expectancy is basically the number that you get when you dig through all of your data based on your testing that tells you whether your strategy is profitable or not. This past Monday, we actually did a Q&A session where I was doing a lesson on dealing with drawdown. So dealing with periods of time where you can't seem to win. And I've been working with a trader who's been going through a drawdown and he was kind of he's, he's at that that not that breaking point. But he was at that point where it's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm feeling bad. I don't understand what's going on. The, the world is against me. What can I do? And um, I went on to ask this trader a few questions. And, and one of the comments that he wrote me was like, he said, my, my system is winning at, you know, uh, when I did my back testing, my system won at more than a 50% clip. So in my back testing, when I, when I historically tested my strategy, it won more than 50% of the time. And I had to bring it up. I said, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a profitable strategy. You can have a strategy that wins 50, 60, 70% of the time and lose money. Risk reward is a very important key to that as well, right? If you win 50% of the time, but your risk, your average risk well outweighs your average reward, you're probably going to lose money. And vice versa, right? You can win much less than 50% of the time, but if your average reward is much more than your average risk, you can still be profitable. And that's what we're talking about here with the Houston Rockets, right? The three-point shot is 50% times, right, more valuable than the two-point shot, right? Three versus two points. So the question is, is the failure rate small enough not to sabotage the overall expectancy, right? And I ran some numbers because this was, this was interesting to me. 
And we're going to make this the simplest example ever because uh, this is a podcast and many of you guys aren't good at numbers, especially seeing them and not hearing them. But feel free to write them down if you want. But I ran some numbers on this and I looked at average shots in the NBA, right? So some, some simple National Basketball Association statistics. And on average, a team in the NBA takes 86 shots per game. And I want to make a comparison versus what would the result be if one of these teams taking 86 shots per game took only two-pointers, which are considered high-percentage trades, let's put it that way, versus only three-pointers, which are lower-percentage trades, right? So think about it in a, in a trading standpoint. Um, the two-pointers are a trading strategy with a higher win percentage. The three-pointers are a trading strategy with a lower win percentage. Um, so... I looked at the numbers and the average field goal percentage made for two point shots was 46%. So that means on average, an NBA team makes 46% of the two point attempts uh, that they take. So I took 86, right, times 46%. That's going to give you the number of 39, right? 39 times two because they're worth two points. That gives you 78 points. So an NBA team taking only two pointers would average 78 points game hitting at 46 percent for the three-pointer is about a 10 percent difference right still 86 attempts right because we're just taking it off basic shots but the three-pointer on average landed only about 36 percent of the time so about 10 percent less than two-pointers so 86 right 36 percent of 86 is 30 however because it's worth more, right? When we look at the total point value, 30 times 3 equals 90, which is more than 78, proving to you that you can have a lower percentage but a higher profit at the end of the day. And this is the same exact thing for strategy uh, for uh, for trading, your trading strategy. You can have a lower win percentage on a trading strategy, but it can produce more profit than a trading strategy with a higher win percentage. Now, when you look at it in the short term, it's probably going to be a little bit more painful to trade the trading strategy with the lower win percentage, right? Because if we're if we're looking at the instant gratification, if we're worried about money, we're we're putting too much, right, way too much value on the individual trade. Oh, I lost this trade today. Oh, I lost that trade. So in the short term, it's gonna seem probably like it's worse, right? Because we're we're hitting at a 10% less clip. But what did I talk about earlier? Think big picture end of the day, end of the year, if you're a trader, if you consistently execute your plan, if you consistently stick to your plan of taking only three point shots at the end of the day, that's going to be more profitable than the trading strategy or the, the shot attempt <laughs> with the higher win percentage. So think about it. Trading is all about finding your mix right? Each person is different. Certain people need higher win percentage strategies with, you know, and they can deal with lower risk rewards. Some traders, hey, they can have a very, very low win percentage. You know, think, think about the turtle traders and Richard Dennis, for example. 
and have a very, very good risk reward, have a bigger value per trade or per winning trade, I should say. Um, it doesn't matter. What's important is finding out what fits for you. And regardless of what you choose, eliminating that instant gratification, eliminating the small picture goal, the small picture monetary goal, right? And replacing it with a small picture process goal. And trust that if you just do your job one trade at a time, right? Whether it wins or loses, if you just do what you're supposed to do in the bigger picture, you'll get the result that you want to see. So take the time to give that some thought and hopefully it gives you a different perspective of what's really important in trading. Yes, winning is good, but it isn't everything. And if you can find that mix between winning enough to keep your emotions under control and having the expectancy to actually make you profit, then you're well on your way to becoming an independent, consistently profitable trader. So thank you as always for taking some time to listen to the show. Subscribe, share, rate, and review. And I'll see you guys next time.